and welcome to Church for the Cities podcast in Yuma, Arizona with lead pastor Tyrone P. Jones. Our mission is for people to encounter the reality and presence of God. For sermon videos and next steps, visit us at ctcfamily.com. Now join us for the message. But Luke <laughs> chapter 1, let me get to the word. Luke chapter 1, verses uh, 26 through 35, and we're going to go right on into Luke 26, 1, 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will will be called Holy, the Son of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity we have to celebrate the birth of your dear Son, God manifested in the flesh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord God, to do justice with the text and with the word. Uh, But above all, Lord God, let us communicate the life, the hope that comes through Christ alone. You're an awesome God, and and we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. May the people of God say amen. Man, you you may be seated. I want to talk about hope for a broken world. And the story that was shared about a, a piano teacher at a university. This piano teacher, they called him Herman uh, affectionately. I don't think that was his birth name, but they called him Herman. And uh, one night when they were having one of the piano, piano concerts at the university, one of his students that was playing a particular piece of music, as he was playing the music, he got, he got ill. The more he played, the worse he got. So he eventually, he just had to stop playing and, uh, and leave the stage. As soon as he got up to leave the stage, Herman, the, pian- the teacher for the students, walked up to the piano and just jumped right into that song that, that was being played, that piece and played it masterfully, masterfully. When the, the concert was over and they were having their reception, one of the students went to him and asked him, how was he able to play that so well without practicing it? It was a difficult piece. And he said, in 1939, I was a budding uh, pianist, a young pianist, but I was arrested and put into a Nazi concentration camp. And he said, life from that moment on got pretty bleak. 
but he said, the only thing that I thought would keep me going is the hope that I would be able to play the piano live again. So he said every night he would play a piece of music on just with his fingers on his bedboard, on his head, it was a hard board for a bed. Every night he would do that. The next night he would add another piece and the next night he would add another piece. He said, putting it mildly, the future looked bleak, but I knew in order keep the flicker of hope alive that I may someday play again, I needed to practice every single day. He said, I did this every night for five years. It so happens that the piece I played tonight at the concert hall was part of my repertoire. The, the constant practice is what kept my hope alive. Every day I renewed my hope that I would one day play music again on a real piano and in freedom. That hope that this man had then, I believe is hardwired in us. I believe every one of us that are created in the image of God has hope hardwired in us. And, and we're people that are always hoping for something. You can even hear it in what we communicate. We may oftentimes say things, I sure hope it doesn't rain today, or I hope she isn't mad at me, or I hope uh, he can do or I can do what is promised. I hope we can win the championship. I hope I get this job. I hope this sickness is not serious. I hope this day will be better than yesterday. I hope the things that I believe for my life will be true. That's the language of us uh, as people. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm persuaded actually that, that that language is on our lips constantly, no matter what we deal with in a broken world. It's, it's a world that we know is broken, but one in which we hope that life will allow us to still experience and enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Too often though, people have their hopes dashed, uh, whether it be in their work life, family life, or just in, in living. And oftentimes that we, we can get to that place where we can walk that fine line uh, of hopelessness. And then eventually we become so, dis so disappointed that we may not even have any more hope at all. But the Bible is clear to us that we are a people that was created to live our life in hope. And, and we should always ground our thoughts in it. We're propelled to direct ourselves in that direction, to have a, a hope that's beyond us. We're, we're driven for it, even in the midst of life's challenges. And it's, it's, it's usually then where that word hope really does speak to us. When, when we're walking through those dark seasons or we're imprisoned or we're in distress, hope is what's needed then. Hope is what's needed for the, for the child that can just hear the cries every night of an abused or a suffering parent. Hope is what's needed for the provider of the home when he goes for another interview or gives another job application. Hope is what's needed for that student that really struggles to do testing and it's finals up on them. Hope is what's, what's needed even for those missionaries that was in Haiti 
abducted by that group and captured over there. And some of you may know while, I, while we were away, they made a daring escape and by the grace of God are now back in America and, and safe. So thank God for that. Hope, hope is what's needed for the young man or the young lady who gives their life to Christ and they want to go home and be able to share that gospel with the family that may also come to Jesus. Hope is, is, is what you want when, when, uh, when you don't want someone to quit on you, when you want somebody to believe in you. Hope is that anchor of our life that allows us to, to move forward, to know that there is a future. There is a life beyond this situation. It's that firm assurance, that firm assurance that stabilizes us. One writer says, hope is stimulating, energizing, and the workhorse of faith the backbone of our confidence in God. Hope is to the soul what breathing is for living organisms. And why is hope real for us? Because it's, it's not found in a philosophy. Our hope is not in a, in a fantasy. Our hope is not in an ideal. That's why this Advent season, Christmas season, is so good because it reminds us not only has the Lord come, but the Lord is surely coming again and our true hope is found in that Savior. Not in a created thing, but a, but a living being. Not in a created thing, because even doing all the joys and the stuff of holidays, when you can enjoy the best of life and best of seasons, life goes on after that. After that, that nice Christmas tree that filled the home with, with pine aroma, eventually, as you know, that tree dies and you're pulling it out of the house with the dead pine cones and pine, uh, pine uh, uh, leaves and pulling it on out to the curb because we cannot put our hope in things that was created. Our hope has to be in one that's eternal. And so that, that tells us life has to have a vertical, uh, uh, not a horizontal, but a vertical perspective that we can't stay looking on the things that are on the ho ho uh, horizontally, but we have to look up on the things that have eternity. And that's in Christ the Lord. That's why our God is a God that's able to help us in the midst of tears and in the midst of suffering and in the midst of challenges. We have a God that is able to lift our head up because he's the one that's able to fill our life with hope. Am I talking to the right church? And so when we have our hope in God, it's because of him, it's in him that we can have an anchor, a sure anchor, an anchor that helps us to the end. It helps us to press on. Here's what Hebrews 6:19 says. It says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary, into that place where hope dwells, where eternity dwells, where peace dwells. It's, it's, it's this anchor that keeps us in the midst and in the, in, the, in the presence of the Almighty God, no matter what we face. I saw a, a, a little, it was a brief story about a guy, I think he was part of the storms in Kentucky, maybe he was in another part of the country, but because of these recent storms, he had lost his house and all of his possessions. But he put a sign out on the end of his property with all the rubbish and rubble behind it, and it says this, Everything lost except my wife and my children and my hope. Life goes on. That's the mindset. That's the mindset that we have as 
believers. And so because of hope, I just want to share three brief thoughts with you because of hope. And the first one is this, that we can rest in God. Because of hope, we can rest in God. As the New Living actually uses another word. It's Psalm 62.5. Instead of rest, it says, let all that I am wait quietly before God. Why? For my hope is in Him. My hope is in Him. We can wait quietly before God. I love the construction of this text because it says, all that I am, all that I am. Think about that for a moment. It's speaking about every aspect of my being, that every part of me should come under the subjectivity of knowing that there is a God that I can hope in, a God that is present with me, a God that I can trust in. Every part of my faculty, and all of us, I think, have the ability to let our mind just go completely hog wild, if hog wild is the right term. In, in the midst of a situation, we can, we can just, our minds can be racing and we, we just work through the process and we try to find a way to figure it out and we try to find a way to manipulate the situation because our mind is thinking, I got to get a hold of this. But the scripture says, every part of my being, that means even my very mind needs to be trained to wait on God. Am I talking to the right folks here? Every part of my emotion. I think we all know that our emotions can get the best of us when situations don't go right, when disappointment comes, when things that we're not expecting happens in life. Our emotions can get so carried away that we get lost in our anger or get lost in our despair or get lost in our anxiety. And can I, can I just ask you, how does that work out for us? Anger has never solved the problem. Anxiety's never solved the problem. Having our emotions in a tizzy has never solved the problem. And the, the psalmist is saying to us, train your emotions to wait upon the almighty God, to hope in him and even our bodily reactions. Sometimes we can get so carried away when, when things aren't going our direction that people looking at us just get nervous, just watching us, they get, they get nervous. And we gotta train our bodies to wait on the almighty God. We come to the place in life where we realize that we cannot be dependent on our intellect and we cannot be dependent upon manipulation. We cannot be dependent on things, of us fixing things in a manner that we could. It's caused a whole lot of folks to have high blood pressure and everything else that's going on within our body. Y'all following me uh, on this? We have to learn how to wait on God, to have an absolute stillness before God, a silence before the one that I love and the one who loves us, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord God Almighty, who says that I can trust in, waiting for him to come to rescue us. He's the only God and the only Savior that will never fail us. Can you say amen? It's not hope, hope not just to wait on him, but hope to have a confidence in our future knowing that God has got this thing worked out. Can I just tell you, God is a better manager of your life than you are. He's got this thing worked out. He's got it planned. He's not on a fly. God is not working on the seat of his pants. 
God ain't working in reaction toward what you do. God is just sitting back watching the movie of your life that he's already created. I'm telling you, he's got this thing all worked out and he knows your future. He knows your future. And here's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. And I know it's a common verse, but I love it in the CSB because it says it this way. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I love that it says this is the Lord's declaration. Because I think all of us, gets, we, get, we get pretty affirmed when somebody comes to us and says, man, I believe in you. You got a future. I think all of us gets, get a little bit excited when somebody comes alongside and says, man, you, 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 you're, you're good. You're gonna, God's going to use you. You've you got great gifts or God's going to bless you. God's going to give you a great life. That's always good to hear from a person. But how much more when the Lord God Almighty says, I mean, the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. And you know why it's different when God says the plans that he knows versus the plans that you believe you know is because you don't have the ability to carry those out. But God is the one that knows it and has the ability to carry it out all the way to the end. Can you say amen? And listen, I'm telling you, I've been there. If you haven't been there, I'm telling you, I have been. We're going through a season of dark days and loneliness and great concern about the future. Afraid of the times I was living and living, uh, living with a, a lost sense of identity. Not sure what life would, would be like. And, and days where I just were overwhelmed with, with seemingly past failures. But there was a song that came out during this season. I've had the opportunity to have a personal relationship with the guy now who wrote it and, and sung it. It came out in 2014. I would play this song over and over again. And the, it was by Danny Gokey, and the song is titled Hope in Front of Me. And here's the words of those songs. I really, I really wanted to sing it. First service, I, I, I went at it. But, but this is live all over the world. Ain't no way in the world I'm going to try it. So I'm going to read the words of the song to you. It says, I've been running through rain that I thought would never end, trying to make it on faith in a struggle against the wind. I've seen the dark and the broken places, but I know in my soul, no matter how bad it gets, I'll be all right. There's hope in front of me. There's a light. I still see it. There's a hand still holding me. Even when I don't believe it, I might be down, but I'm not dead. There's better days still up ahead. Even after all I've seen, there's hope in front of me. Now that's good, but I'm telling you, watch it get gooder and gooder. There's a place at the end of the storm you finally find where the hurt and the tears and the pain all fall behind. You open up your eyes and up ahead, there's a big sun shining. Right then and there, you realize you'll be all right. There's a hope still burning. I can feel it rising through the night and my world still turning. I can feel your love here by my side. You're my hope. You're the light. I still see it. I've got to believe I still have hope because you are my hope. That's where we rest. That's where we anchor ourselves. That's when we stand firm because we know that our future is not left in our hands because our hope is in God. Challenges will come and battles will come and warfare will have to be fought and we, we should be fighting warfares and disappointments will come. Uncalculated incidences will arise in our life and, and surprises. It's all part of living, but because of the hope, 
we can stand firm in our confidence, not just for day-to-day living, but the Bible also teaches us this, that we can have a permanent and eternal hope, not just for the moment. I love Psalm 65, 5, and this is in the New Living. It says, you faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God, our Savior. You are the hope of everyone on earth. Listen to that. The hope of everyone on earth. It's it's not just my hope, and it's not just the hope of the person you're sitting next to. It can be your hope too. Listen to me. This God, that's my God, and Tyrone dealt well with this last week. This God, that's my God, can be your God too. The same God that I hope in is a God that you can hope in. He, he is the hope of everyone on the earth. It doesn't matter what family you were born into. It doesn't matter what situations that you lived through. It doesn't matter what country you were born in or what status you are or how people looked at you or didn't look at you. A hope that you can have from God, not just for this life, but for permanence and for eternity. God is that hope. And it would, it would be one thing if God just gave us hope, but it's a whole nother thing that God is our hope. He is our hope. He's the source of the assurance of our salvation springs up from him with every experience in life, with every trial that we go through, with every tribulation. It's all working toward eternal life. That's why we encourage you to embrace salvation. I know a whole lot of people live and and live this life every day wanting to make this life better. And I get that. And you can make it better. I'm telling you, you can make it better by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. But it's not just for today, folks. Listen, I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord that I experience today, I want to experience that for eternity. I don't ever want this to end. And there's only one way that that can never end, and that's trusting Jesus Christ for eternal salvation. Because he says, listen, when this life is all over, I have an eternal place for you. It's not just here that I'm going to love you. It's not just here that I'm going to embrace you. It's not just here that I'm going to spend time with you, but I have an eternal place for you. John 14, one through three says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. Did you get that? Did you get that? There is more than enough room. Can I just tell you this? There's still room in the cross for one. There's still room in the cross for another. There's plenty of room in the father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I was going away to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Come on, church. I'm telling you, that's, that's some, man, that's some good preaching right there. That's some good preaching. You get to be with the Lord wherever he is. And that's what the Christmas story reminds us of. It reminds us that there is a doorway of hope, that there is a doorway of eternal hope. And when you seek, when you seek Christ, when you, get, when you celebrate the life that God is offering unto you, his holy love, his holy grace, his holy goodness, when you embrace Jesus Christ, you get to have the one that was born in that manger living with you, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what the Christmas message is all about. The scripture tells us this, Matthew 1, Mary will bear a son 
and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This Jesus will save us. Christmas is about the creator and the ruler of the universe being born here on the planet, named Emmanuel with the promise that he's God with us. If you need forgiveness, you can call on a crucified savior. If you need healing, you can call on a great physician. If you need to get through temptation, you can go before the, the Christ, the priest who's interceding for you. If you wanna get through circumstances in life, I'm telling you, you just gotta trust the savior that was born for you. It's a great hope. It's a great message. It's a great truth. Let me close with this story that I happened to read while I was away. I guess it happened a few days before we went out of town, but it's about an officer that was killed, a police officer of 21 years that was just shot down by the name of Richard Houston II. He served on the police department from Mesquite, which is just right outside of Dallas. 21 years he served. He received 48 letters of commendation during his career, 48 in 21 years, two life-saving awards. But his greatest achievement was the way he lived for Jesus. He's a man married with three children, and his police chief said this about him, he walked with God each day. Amazing statement. What was so overwhelming for me to watch was his daughter, his 18-year-old daughter, name was Shelby. She spoke at her father's memorial. She gave a great tribute, and I certainly won't indulge you with all of it. But there was a point that she made. It's three paragraphs of what she spoke that I want to read to you. She says this. I remember having conversations with my dad about him losing friends and officers in the line of duty. I've heard all the stories you can think of, but I've always had such a hard time with how the suspect is dealt with. Are you following me on that, on the the suspect? Not that I didn't think that there should be justice served, but my heart always ached for those who don't know Jesus their actions and their actions was a reflection of that. I was always told that I would feel differently if it happened to me, but it has happened to me with my father's death and I still feel the same. There's been anger, sadness, grief, and confusion. And part of me wishes I could despise the man who did this to my father, but I can't get any part of my heart to hate him. All that I can find is myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. I thought this might change if the man continued to live. But when I heard the news that he was in stable condition, part of me was relieved. My prayer is that someday down the road, I'd get to spend time with the man who shot my father. Not to scream at him, not to yell at him, not to scold him, but to simply tell him about Jesus. That's a gal that gets it. That's an 18-year-old that understands what it means to have hope. That hope for us is beyond this life. And having Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is the ultimate for every person whose eyes that we look in. Listen to me. Hear this. 
if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I just want to remind you, as I just shared, it's the only hope you got. It literally is the only hope you got. When you hear people say, man, the only hope I got is in this, that's going to fail you time and time again. But one who never fail you is Jesus Christ. It's the only hope, the only true hope you got. But if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to have the courage. Have the courage to trust him. Have the courage to trust him. And if you have trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to have the courage and the compassion to share that Jesus, the one who you know, with someone who you love. I want to close with one verse. It's not on the screen and it's not on your notes, or not on the notes. But I, I, want, I, want to, I want everyone to hear this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Father, I want to thank you for the great opportunity that we have to share about the goodness of you. We can talk about your love, talk about your peace. We can talk about the joy that comes, but we're so grateful to be able to talk about hope that we have for the day, but a hope that's permanent and eternal. Those that haven't trusted Jesus, those that may be watching online, those in the house, Lord, I pray that they would have the courage to trust you, to trust you right now. And those of us who have, let us have the courage to share that, that compassion, to have compassion, to share that hope with others. It's in Christ's name we pray. In Jesus' name.